Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. With me, your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, Juta Volrab. She uh, is a German lady that lives in Australia and also works out of Berlin. And she has delivered, her, well, not delivered, because pizzas are delivered, babies are birthed. And she has birthed uh, twenty or 2,800 children into this world. And we're keeping midwifery alive. Midwifery has been around since the beginning of time. And babies will come when they're ready. And we seem to have got into a manufacturing of babies nowadays where you go into the hospital and they've got to be out by a certain time. Otherwise, they're sucked out, pushed out, cut out. And, you know, I think people are forgetting that women have rights and there are different ways of doing things and that a child coming into the world is meant to be a beautiful experience and we're losing that. We're also treating pregnancy as an illness instead of just a beautiful, divine, natural experience. The same with breastfeeding. There's so many things going wrong today, folks. And we're going to be talking about keeping the art, the mastery of midwifery alive and why it's so important to go the midwife way. Uh, the experience for you, the experience for your family, the experience for your baby and the repercussions of the other way that's going to happen for your child because of it um, if you've gone the hospital way. So we're not bashing doctors or hospital. We're just saying you've got some rights. You should be able to ask for a midwife. You should be able to ask for certain things and you should not be denied. And we're going to be talking about that today. So welcome to the show, Yuta. And um, well, wonderful you. to have you. And, you know, I love your terminology. Pizzas, parcels and good news and bad news are delivered. But babies should really be born. And that is true, right? We, we talk about birthing an idea, but we talk about delivering a baby. And yes, you're absolutely right there. Thanks, Sarah, for inviting me. I feel really honored. And I have to say, you know, for more than 30 years... Uh, I've been talking, teaching, working with exactly that topic that, you know, only pizza and parcels, good news, bad news should be delivered. But babies do actually have the right uh, to be born. And mothers and fathers also have the right to really give birth. And as you said before, be part of a really amazing experience. And, you know, in fact, it really involves far more than just the couple and the baby. It's something that even is quite important to experience for anyone else involved. Now, whether it's the midwife or the doctor or someone else attending the birth, birth is the start in our life. It's the start for mothers to become mothers, fathers become fathers, a family is born, and for midwives, it's part of, how can I say, an essential experience. And that's why I feel, especially our days, we really need to address it and speak about it a bit more intensive and open. So, you know, one gets thinking, how is that done and what do I really want? You think of how many trillions of people that have been born in this world <clears throat> and pretty well... Um, um, most of them, 99%, were born um, through midwifery, you know, through a natural way. And it's only in the last century, uh, not even a century, that it's now become a hospitalized thing, a medicalized thing, and, you know, almost very sterile and kind of hurry up and have this baby. If not, we're going to, you know, induce. Um, it, it, be it feels like it's less of experience of giving birth and more of a kind of a manufacturing nowadays. Uh, you know, when did it make this turn? Oh, I can tell you, when did it make this turn? Well, I can tell you definitely in Germany and probably in most European countries, it kind of made the turn around the 60s. Uh, because then is, uh, uh, it happened that, you know, a lot of uh, countries... Um, uh, put birth into hospital. Now, birth in hospital is a topic on its own, but, you know, it was then promoted that, you know, women could stay for one week in the hospital, would be looked after and cared for. And my own mother, for instance, uh, gave birth to my brother at home. 
birthed my sister in a hospital and birthed me in a very small clinic. And, you know, I think it was the time when, you know, they used anesthesia for the moment when the baby was born. So one did not have to experience pain. And But it was a very bad time. And I think I'm honest with you. I sometimes have this feeling it might have been also a little bit experimental. Let's see what we can do and how we changed it. You know, it was a time when a lot of technical stuff came into the world, driving cars. And uh, with that, things have changed, unfortunately. And this has continued until today. Yes, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I know with my own experience, I've had three children and I had kind of quite horrific births. Um my daughter was brought out with forceps because she was turned the wrong way. Um, I was given an epidural uh, because I was in labor too long. Um, I had excruciating back pain, but nobody thought to give me a hot water bottle or anything. And in the, the last few hours, I had this midwife in the hospital with me. And, you know, I say she birthed my child for me. Um, she was so nurturing, so caring and, uh, you know, helped me through it. Because at that point, I was exhausted. I'd been in and out of labor for a few days. And, uh, you know, it was her kindness and her gentility that got me through. But there was kind of a law at the time that you couldn't have a midwife to birth your children at home. Everything had to be done in a hospital, and that's where she had to be, and follow rules and regulations, whether she liked them or not. Um, yes. And, you know, yes. <clears throat> it's changing a bit now because we have people who have fought for that right now, uh, for children to, you know, be birthed at home with a midwife. Um, but, you know, my second child was horrific. He was, um, the forceps broke bringing him out. He was an epidural as well, uh, totally traumatized. And um, and they knew that his head was too big for my cervix, but they waited until he was engaged instead of doing a C-section. And they did a C-section with my, my last one just because I had two horrific births beforehand. Um, yes. and, and And it's, you know, you look at all those drugs going into the body, which I know aren't good, uh, the trauma of the baby, um, you know, there wasn't anything about a suggestion of having a nice hot bath or a hot shower or walking about. You know, it was just be in bed and push. And it felt very kind of, I don't know, com confining or, or frightening in a lot of ways. Yeah, I have to say, um, well, my heart goes out to you. And I'm very sorry you had an experience like this. And there's really quite a, a, a number of things that straight away come to my mind. You know, um, a birth starts actually much earlier than just the day of the yeah. birth. So there's really a lot to say about how modern lifestyle and many things we do is affecting the way we give birth. Plus, say like, uh, okay, did you had a baby that was facing the sort of the other way and that she had excruciating pain. Yeah, I hear you. Well, uh, first of all, there's a few things that could be have done already in the pregnancy to hopefully avoid that. And then when you were in labor, there would have been a few things that hopefully could have been done to help you with that. Interestingly enough is that you said when the midwife was there and she was very empath empathetic and, mm. you know, very kind to you, that this really helped. Well, there have been studies about uh, if you have someone with you that has a lot of empathy and uh, really kind of works along with you, that outcomes are actually much better. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's so much to say. The problem is that I see after 30 years, and uh, to say so for this lovely audience, I have worked from hospitals to home birthing to birth centers, even to a big tertiary hospital in New Zealand. I've worked in three countries. So I've really gained a good insight on how birth really works in all kind of setups, circumstances, because uh, sometimes we will need the help of a hospital. There is no doubt and mm -hmm. no question. It, yeah, and sometimes we might even need the help of some drugs to, you know, there is always some special circumstances. The majority should not really have to need that or face that. So the problem is once you had a traumatic birth, many times it will be like this, that you take the trauma, if you have had no chance to work through the trauma and release it, that you bring it into your next pregnancy, into your next birth, and that usually it's either going to repetitive or it will uh, create another problem. I mean, and, definitely yeah. true. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, this is something I have observed through all my work with, with women. That is just, you know, these things made me uh, go and study other things to help release those things, which I'm grateful for. I'm not grateful that women had an experience like this, but, you know, it made someone like me wonder and think, okay, what else can I learn to offer something to women to be able to help them to let go of certain things? Because it is uh, a, a trauma in childbirth can have a, a major effect on the next pregnancies and birth and even sometimes will stop you from having another baby and you know the thing is I think very very important who you have next to you I was really blessed in my um, second half because they work 12 hour shifts so in my last um, section of birth you know I had this other midwife um, and she was wonderful I really you know as I said she she pushed that baby out of me <clears throat> and she was fantastic but in the in the next one I had a, a nurse with some issues uh, some real issues um, uh, she didn't like the fact that I wasn't um, you know a religious of a church apparently her husband was a, a, a minister and she had condemned me for that and after this traumatic birth uh, where I'd actually been in a coma before I actually went into labor she left me lying in my water and blood and everything else and cleaned up the room before she cleaned me up and um, and I went into shock and she was punishing me so she, I had a traumatic birth. <laughs> I'd been in coma before I actually had the birth. Um, they broke the faucets, bringing him out. He was covered in stool. He was stuck. The 20 minutes pulling him out of me because he oh, was stuck. Sarah, that sounds really, really terrible. Well, I hope that one day I have a chance to visit you. And even so many years later, we can let go of that. Oh, yes. But you know, I have to say, uh, the thing is, it, as I said, very interesting what you say is, Okay, like uh, I think in the States and in Canada, you know, there was very little midwifery around for quite a number of years. And that's, uh, uh, you know, it's another problem. What is a midwife and uh, how is she trained and what is part of it? I have to say, uh, no matter who you are, you should not ever, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, that this nurse did that to you because... Mm, one should not bring personal opinions into the birth. Yeah. Our job is to support the woman to our best knowledge and to really support her and help her to, uh, you know, take the right choices, to try things. And, you know, in a moment like uh, uh, as you experience it, to really help her. I mean, this is what midwifery is also about, you know. Yes. And it's not about what I think. You know, I had women in those years that I've worked, I had women from all countries all over the world birthing with me. I, you know, I practice a lot in Berlin. I also practiced here in Australia. So there's a lot of migrants. You know, women uh, uh, come covered up because they may be from Sudan. Other women, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, throw all their clothes off. Someone to do this, someone to do that. Was well, not my job to judge women mm. in what they want. It's, it's to offer them choices and sometimes to give them advice, but also to give them the freedom of feeling like, because this is what you need to do. When you want to birth a baby, you need to feel really safe and secure and you need to feel like, okay, this midwife is supporting me and this is not a matter of a personal thing, do I like you or not? You know, I think it's not very professional to bring up things like my husband is a minister, yeah. if you are <laughs> church, you know, these it, things need to stay out of the Exactly, birthing. exactly. And, and, you know, had I had the first midwife, you know, I went for a traumatic pregnancy with him right from the, the time that I went into a, a coma where my blood pressure dropped so badly before I went into labor with him you know right from the word go I mean actually he was a bad pregnancy as well you know he was you know one of those um, and it, it, had I had the different person beside me you, you know I think it would have been a different experience and I think that's why you know midwives you don't just get to know them at the birthing time you get to know them through the pregnancy don't you and you build up a trust and a friendship and it's a journey that you take together that could be very very beautiful as opposed to just going into a hospital you know open legs take this do that and it just becomes so I don't know detached and I think that's what takes away from the experience of you know of birthing it, it, it is, you know, there is, how, how can I say, there's different systems. Even in Germany, there's different systems, you know. In, in, in some parts, you are, you do have the chance to have a midwife 
following you right through, from the beginning to the very end, uh, through uh, the birth, in some other systems, and I have practically worked in all systems. Sometimes I would be the midwife that would open the hospital door and let you in and say to you, oh, how exciting, you're going to give birth, come on in, you know. Sometimes I would be the home birth midwife that would take care of you from the early stages of your pregnancy until months after the birth. I've put all these kind of hats on. And I have to say, because I've had all those kind of hats on, my experience is you can do a great job as a midwife wherever you are, but you have to know how to do it. Okay, it would be perfect if every woman could have a midwife that she knows or a couple of midwives that she knows through all her pregnancy. But I'm honest with you, Sarah, it's not the reality. And yeah. for the next few years, it won't be the reality. The reality is that you might often give birth with a stranger. Now, the question for me from a midwife's point of view is, what can midwives like me do to educate younger midwives to go and really do a great job? Because you sometimes could also end up uh, with a midwife that is like the other one, yeah. very empathetic and very kind. And she just really wants to do a great job. She really wants to help you. And she could be the perfect person on the day. Exactly. So, you know, it's a, it's a really, really big topic. And I feel, because I can see the reality, some countries have no mid, haven't got a strong midwifery thing. In most countries, midwives struggle because of liability insurance yeah. and so on and so on. So I think it's good for now what we have now and the system we have now to change something inside the system. That's actually also one reason why I started for a while working in, in a hospital because I thought, well, I know it's uh, not 100% what I really want to do, but I know I can change things for the good for the women that come in. And I have, I know that because women told me so. They said, Jutta, you opened the door and you were like so cheerful letting me in and you helped and supported me even that you were a complete stranger. And I had women that I only met six or eight hours ago after the birth and, uh, you know, I celebrated, celebrated having a baby with them. And, you know, it also shows that there's many ways how you can really experience a good birth. I really have to say that. <laughs> I, I completely and utterly agree with you because, you know, it's, it is probably one of the only things you get where you are in such excruciating pain for a, for a period of hours. And, you know, I think they always say that if, if men had the first child, there wouldn't be a second. You know? <laughs> um, I agree on that. <laughs> you know, because could they go through <laughs> that pain? Because, you know, somebody once said about, you know, all your bones being crushed at the same time. And they did a wonderful example of it. I was trying to look for it, but I couldn't find it again. Of the, you know, the pain intensity of giving birth. Of course, the moment that baby's in your arms and it's crying and it's shaking and it's up to your bosom, you know, that's it. You know, you forget about any pain that you went through and yes, you go and do it again. Um, and and that's the beauty of it you know, because we do forget. But, but, I, but, but you know, Sarah, the thing is also that uh, birth is a very unique experience for every woman. Now, you know, as you know, I've really birthed with many, many women and I looked after many, many more in the process of giving birth because, as I said to you, for instance, I worked in a big hospital in New Zealand with 5,000 births, a big tertiary hospital. I stayed and worked there for two years as a senior midwife. And, you know, I saw a lot of different things. But the thing is, some women will just come in, bang, have a baby, like a breeze, and will oh, smile at you. Easy. Yeah. I can do this straight away again. Some others will struggle and, you know, work really hard. But, you know, uh, there is really much to that. I have to say there is a, you know, what is pain and how is pain? How is the concept? And what have you learned beforehand? deal with it this is also another question i always put out yeah what have what can you do and for you just very unfortunate that your baby was in op position that's what we call it because it was trying to go through the pelvis uh, with a much bigger circum circumference of the head and i just wish we would have known each other already then because i'm sure i could have told you a few things to do to help that baby turn into the best position so it would have just gone a bit easier for the birth. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, you know, they'd have Lamar's classes and, they, you know, puff, puff, breathe, puff, puff, breathe. And, you know, the husband support her, rub her back. But it wasn't enough. I think what it is, is, again, um, 
you know, I think, I don't know, the, the whole preparation for it, I don't think, was kind of there. You know, again, a lot of it still has been treated like you're pregnant, so it's like an illness, and you've got to go to hospital, you know, um, and where you're treated like a patient. I think it's a totally different mindset. Um, I think we're going so much back more. I know so many more people now, young women today, having a midwife. Uh, because they want that experience of somebody who does care, who yes, can yeah, nurture yeah. it through. And of course, I think kind of midwives in the hospital or in, in clinics where there is obtainability to equipment or doctors if you need it. Um, you know, some people have the luxury of having it at home. You know, they have the water birth, which I think would be wonderful. I, I would love to have had a water Look, birth. I tell you what, you know, uh, in Germany, midwives are direct entry midwives. So we do a three-year training to become midwives. Now, in a way, I think Germany is sometimes in some things backwards, but in some things very, very uh, much forward. Because by right, midwives can birth a, a, a baby when it's a normal birth without a doctor, whether it's in the hospital or at home. But doctors cannot uh, assist a birth without a midwife. We have a special law. We're very unique in Excellent. this in Germany. That's why. And also, yeah, it's fantastic. In the early 90s, I started to work for a home birth practice in the middle of Berlin. I was still quite a young midwife then, and, you know, I loved it. And we were teaching yoga and baby massage and parents' classes. I was teaching all that. And um, the, the midwife who was running this practice, who initiated it, had done a training with a midwife, uh, especially for water birth. So in the early 90s, I did my first water births, and I loved it. You know, then no hospital had it. Mm. I can say in the meantime, because then, you know, in the 90s, there was, you know, women like Janet Balask, and, you know, it was uh, in Russia, it became popular. Leboyer was talking about it. So then water births became just a bit more, uh, how can we say, modern. Mainstream. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, in Berlin now, most hospitals will actually offer water births. And home birth midwives will have portable birth uh, pools that you can take. And here in Australia, I worked in a birth center where I'd say... 90% of all women would want to hop into the bath and 30% would actually really birth in the water because we were strict. We would only count the ones where the baby was born underneath the water surface. If you would stand up last minute, we wouldn't count you as a water birth. Mm -hmm. Now I have to say the benefit of water birth it's just, uh, how can I say, blows your mind, is super amazing. And uh, already as a student, I learned about the benefits of having a warm bath yeah. whilst being in labor. It is really one of the number one things that help. And water births have a lot of advantages because when you sit in the water, according to the new guidelines that have been out really for many years, water births, are hands off and you know the water is our first element because mm -hmm. when we're inside the womb we are kind of floating in amniotic fluid which is as if we float in a little ocean inside our mom a small cosmos inside another cosmos and so water is definitely our first element this is what we know and when we sit in water like a lot of people will take a bath after a long day or take a shower it really relaxes our body it relaxes our mind and it relaxes our muscles so it's so helpful to be in warm water and then if you want to birth into the water and I love it water babies are just beautiful well they're going from warm water to warm water aren't they so yes it's, it's less of a trauma for them it has to be 37 degrees well it's you know you slip from one side to the other yeah. very gently, yeah, I have to say. It's one way of really being born very calm and gentle. And I love it, you know, it's great. And uh, moms that um, have done water births, if that is suitable for them, they love it. And usually they want to go back to it, you know. But again, never get stuck on a idea. Always get sort of into the flow with yourself. What feels good to you? What really works for you, you know? Yeah. I really have to say that. And, you know, some people can do the whole squatting thing um, and, you know, just let, you know, that, that kind of, what do they call it, a tree type thing that supports under the arms and then just lets them yeah. squat. Um, you know, and, you know, and they're in, at least they're in a position where the baby's coming out straight and not like on a bed where, you know, you're pushing 
muscles harder. Oh, yeah. Well, you should not lie on your back, you know, and pull your legs up or something. That is such old-fashioned style. Yeah. And that's actually, if you look at the anatomy, you will understand when you are lying uh, on your back fairly flat, uh, which you shouldn't anymore nowadays with all the knowledge we have, uh, you know, you work double, triple, five times as hard because you need to get the baby around a curve and it's much easier if you are either reclining in the bath because then the water is supporting you yeah. or you are kneeling, standing, being all fours because also when you lift your arms up, you open your abdominal muscles so the pelvis opens and you know you use gravity so there's many many studies about why being upright is far more helpful because the blood flow to your baby is better and many many other things lying on your back like you did Sarah is really really you know should be a no-go because you as a woman you don't have to please a doctor or a midwife you know it's not your job on the day to make things easy for them they should support you and help you to have a really good experience well That's, that is one of the problems though is that the way the medical system is now and especially i mean my children are um 33 31 and 27 now um so i was kind of caught in that old regime before kind of new things came into bay um you know it it you weren't given any options. You were told it's just that way. This is the way we're going to do it. And, you know, if you asked questions, they, they would kind of intimidate you. And it was, um, you know, they, I think they left the mother feeling so very vulnerable and kind of helpless and not knowing there was any other options. And uh, this is just the way it's done. Do it. And nope, the water's broken. It's been too long now. The baby's going to come out. It's got to be an epidural. And, you know, we, we give them our lives. We give them our baby's lives. And we don't Absolutely. know the medical system, so we're giving ourselves up. There isn't, an, there wasn't enough information back then. I well, the problem, now. the problem also really is, is that you know I agree, and I agree even up until our days um, that first of all, right now it's very much a fear-driven uh, uh, thing. The second thing is you get information, but you really have to check carefully: are you getting the right information mm -hmm. or just the information that someone wants to give you? Like I've noticed, for instance, that yeah, first of all, when you are in the process of giving birth, you are very vulnerable. There is no doubt because you are so busy with yourself with this process of giving birth. It's an inwards process. You can't really answer questions all the time and think about things, and you shouldn't. It will take you out of the birthing process yeah. the other thing is a lot of hospitals when you book in for instance they will ask you to fill in the form for an epidural already this is no good because subconsciously you tell yourself already oh i, I filled in the form just in case also if they hand it out to every mom probably uh, everyone needs that you know yeah. well and that's also not right so instead of empowering women and giving them choice, to me it looks uh, uh, that, you know, you are directed in certain ways. Yeah, have an epidural, have this, which, you know, uh, again, as I said to you before, it's, it's very complex because a lot of those things will be also happening, for instance, why there is maybe not enough staff in the hospital. So it will be easier if you have an epidural and you're just quiet and yes. you won't need any attention and no breathing and rubbing off the bag and no okay hop in the bath hop out of the bath and you know there's a lot of stuff and then i think also uh, that our so-called birth experts uh like you know young doctors young midwives if and uh, this is something you might not be aware of that at the moment worldwide we're looking globally at a c-section rate of 30 to 90 percent according to a, a, one of the latest co-trained studies and that unfortunately we actually have the highest intervention rate at the birth ever so if you think you uh, gave birth uh, 30 years ago uh, when uh, you know it was very interventional i have to say unfortunately not right now right now we have the highest intervention rate ever. And this is really, really bad. It makes you wonder with all the knowledge we have, yeah. all the research, all the studies, all these possibilities, good food, good medicine, everything we have, we seem to, especially in Western countries, to be unable 
to make those uh, uh, skills, researches and the knowledge really useful to us. Plus, when you look at countries like Brazil or China, you uh, would be amazed to hear the C-section rate in Brazil and China is skyrocket high, like 80 to 90 percent, because in those countries, in developing countries that kind of become very uh, so-called modern, then, you know, it's also a business uh, to give birth. Mm -hmm. And women will then go for what their doctor tells them is best for them. And many times they will say, oh, yeah, uh, your pelvis is very small, have a C-section, and that's it, you know. And I find it absolutely uh it leaves me speechless, you know. It's, I want the same, to it's the same with the whole medical system. I mean, how many people um, could really cure any of the problems, you know, like type 2 diabetes, even heart and, and things like through diet, through nutrition, through exercise, uh, through, you know, taking ownership of their own health and stop running to the doctors to get another pill, another prescription, um, you, know, um, you know, breasts being chopped off so they don't get cancer before they get cancer. I mean, there's so, many, so much hysteria there that I know people who have cured their own cancer and literally taken back a jar of 18 tumors that she took out of her body um, and was cancer free, took them back to the doctor and he said, well, no, I'm still going to take your breasts off. You know, oh. it's, you know, the, the, there's a lot of still this doctor thing. Well, they, they look at alternative medicine, which when you look at it, isn't alternative. It was around a long time before Western medicine was. Oh, um, yeah. And they, and they are intimidating towards the, the patient. And I think it, just like with, with birthing, you've got to find a doctor that honors your choice and what you want to do. And if you've got a doctor that intimidates you, change your doctor. Oh, definitely. I have to say, that's what I'm saying. You can give birth only once to this particular child. So, you know, you should should really, really make most out of this absolutely special time in your life, your pregnancy, your birth, and the time after. Because what most people nowadays really don't know, and which is not really taught, is, you know, the way you are cared for in the pregnancy will make already a difference. Because babies do particularly participate from early early stages yeah. of uh, being inside the womb so they hear they learn they feel there's so much stuff going on then the next thing is how you give birth will make a difference there is no doubt this is the very first experience you have as a, a, a person in life it makes a difference to the baby it makes a difference to the mother to the father anyone around and it can change many things whether you will breastfeed how you breastfeed how you feel in life you know whether you come arrive in the world with a lot of pain or whether you arrive in the world you know just feeling really welcomed and even for a mom even that you love your child when you have a traumatic birth experience you are also very busy with yourself because you need to overcome the trauma yeah. and you know instead of feeling um how can I say, really full of uh, uh, endorphins and yeah. happy hormones, yeah, one part of you is probably very sad and feels like you have not accomplished what you wanted to. So there's really much to that, you know, and I really believe truly that how we give birth and how our birth experience is can change, uh, really has an impact on a whole society. I really truly think a peaceful birth will create a more connected and peaceful, um, loving society. That really is what I think. I, heard, yeah. I, I agree with you. My son had a horrible, horrific tra trauma birth. He still has scar tissue from where they broke the forceps bringing him out. And he was a very traumatized child. And for many, many years, was just so scared to be around people. He was very clingy. He was very nervous, um, you know, very high strung. And, you know, that's, I, I really do contribute that to the birth because it was a traumatic birth for both of us. Not only that, I was allowed to hold him like two seconds before he was snatched in my arm from my arms and put in an incubator because we lost his heart several times during the, the birthing. And, yes. you know, he was now a child that was in, in jeopardy. So, yes. yeah, yes. you know, if, yes. as you said, coming into the world, it should be welcome. We love you. We embrace you instead of we snatch you from your mother and put you in a little cubicle thing with, you know, things on you. Um, we can understand why the trauma is there. Yeah, and luckily, I think, you know, uh, has been more research about those things. 
And, you know, luckily uh, there is, you know, hopefully more people learning something about it. And uh, luckily, hopefully there's people like me around for 30 years studying those things. You know, I was never taught those things in middle school because then I think people didn't know. But, but as I said, I feel very lucky because the state hospital where I trained already in the 80s worked according to a French obstetrician called Frédéric Liboyer, who brought back natural childbirth to Europe in the 70s and 80s. So I was lucky because already when I was such a young woman, uh, I read his book before I became a midwife. And when I ended up in Stuttgart in this state hospital to do my training, uh, you know, we already had... Uh, had um, how can I say, rooms for full full rooming in and we uh, uh, had semi-dark lights and we would ask women to breathe their babies out into the world and, you know, I was very lucky because I don't think I had ever would ever been able to go through midi school if I wouldn't have had some really fantastic births in candlelight mm -hmm. and even that in a state hospital, you see. So there is ways how we can make that. But, you know, for me... Um, I really have to say uh, uh, midwifery and, and how to give birth varies very much from country to country. But in general, I stick to that. Um, as I said to you, the highest intervention rate at the birth ever. This needs to be addressed. There needs to be something done about that because otherwise, when people like me are not here anymore, who will then stand up and teach yeah other young midwife and other birth professionals or doulas or whoever it is or even young doctors that you know I used to work with how birth really should be exactly and so you know it's an art that has been from the beginning of time and we must not lose it and you know I think it then falls also on the parent you know the the, the parent to be um, you know, when you get pregnant, yes, your doctor is now saying this, that, etc. But, you know, the, we have no excuse today. We have the internet there. Um, there are shows like this. Uh, you've done other shows where you've made yourself public. You can put in Google, you know, midwives, birthing, uh, birthing rights, um, birthing techniques. And you can read up on it. You can learn. You can listen. You can talk to other parents. And you can be prepared. You know, Everything else you do in life, you know, getting a driver's license, getting a job, uh, learn, you know, learning other skills in life, you prepare for. So why shouldn't you prepare for your birth? This is an extraordinary experience you're about to have. So, yes. you know, just to go, I mean, I went into it blind because it was at that time doctors told you and there was nothing else out there. We certainly didn't have the internet like we do now. There's no you know, and as I said, I would never put the blame out because I agree things have changed very very mm. much and I, even I admit that as a midwife, you know sometimes I might have done things wrong, not because I wanted to do them wrong. It's My it way it was, done. was to be, you know, really helpful to people but because this is the way I was taught and you know I think that's also a learning curve in life and you know if ever one would say to me I've never done things uh, wrong I would say oh now I'm frightened of you <laughs> yeah because, you know, before you ride a bicycle, sorry, you can't ride a bicycle. So to really learn how things work and how it really works, you will also do sometimes things how in a way wrong. But I agree with you and I uh, really agree because people spend so much money on, ex you know, expensive prams. When you go, you buy a computer, you research. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, for so many things. So I think when you're pregnant and you uh, 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 know you're going to give birth and you have many months' time before you actually give birth, wouldn't it be worth to have a good look and uh, uh, a little chat and have a look around what's available and what uh, what will teach you to take your best choices, you know, because that's the freedom one should really have. And if you suddenly discover that you're very fearful, then to do something about it, because fear won't go away. And fear is not a very good advisor when you are at the birth. Exactly. Fear will stop you from doing things that you really want to do. And fear is something in your head. You Absolutely. know, there's no need to be fearful of giving birth because 
Sorry, birth is one of the oldest things that is around. <laughs> yeah, it's older. I mean, you had to be birthed to get into this world. So, you know, you, you were not on a stalk. Uh, you weren't plucked from a tree. You were birthed. Um, and everybody's, everybody that's here has been birthed. So uh, the act of becoming pregnant and then the act of birthing has been around since the beginning of time. And, and we do need to take some ownership of it. There is a beautiful TV series, which I don't know whether you've seen. It's called Called the Midwife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is I can't beautiful. See in, I can't see it in Germany because, you know, it's a, 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 it comes from the UK. But as you know, Sarah, I sometimes live in Australia and I'm sometimes also over in the UK. So uh, sometimes I have a chance to watch it. And, you know, I've done a training last year in the UK. So sometimes I was lucky I could watch a little bit of it. But I love it. Oh, you it's, know? it's a wonderful. Because... And of course, it goes back to kind of the 50s and the 60s where, you know, the midwife was with you through your pregnancy and there at the end and, and goes back and checks on the baby. See, there's another thing, you know, that really is in the system. You give birth today and they want you out of that hospital in the same day. And you have no support at home. You know, you go home, you maybe have other children, you have other things. <laughs> and uh, there is no follow-up, no support. A woman gets tired. You know, um, you, you've given birth. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're back there as, carrying around with your life as nothing ever happened. There used to be aftercare you know, for a woman and support with that adjustment to a baby and the lack of sleep and what does the baby need, you know, and it's gone. It's Especially where you are, it's gone. I have to say, I'm sorry, ladies, don't be upset now when I say that. Well, in Germany, midwives like me will come and visit you mm, up to two months after the birth and you get around 30, 36 visits in those eight weeks uh, after the birth. And but Germany has I mean, a very unique system. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, babies don't come with manuals. You know, you can read Dr. Spock or as much as you like, but every baby is different, and your response to your baby is going to be different. You might have a colicky baby. You might, you know, have this or that or whatever, and you've got to adjust. You've got to get to know each other, and you're deprived of sleep, and uh, and, and then everybody's expecting you, well, what's wrong with your baby? Well, what are you doing wrong? And all you need is a little support, a little loving care, a little reassurance from somebody that knows, you know, that's been down the road there. That's all. Especially put it this way, in times where uh, a lot of people will move, will move far away from their families and might live somewhere where they don't have a lot of support. So, you know, uh, for this, I would always say... Um, it's good to find another uh, another group, like a group of uh, like-minded moms. Yeah. It's great to get part of a community. And, you know, I know it's very, very, very hard when you have no aftercare, no support or nothing. It makes it just harder, especially our days where we really have lost uh, the instinctive knowledge or many moms have lost it and they think like oh god now I have this baby what next yeah, yeah exactly. there's, really, there's really much stuff going on yeah it's, design it's, a baby yes I know that we had groups where you go and weigh the baby and ask questions and I always find the best thing to do is meet other moms and share stories and discover and work things out together oh, I found this worked have you tried this and uh and even look after each other's babies and give each other a respite. You know, it's be yes. there for one another. If you go to a, a mom's group or if you <laughs> go to whatever, it could be also, you know, a postnatal yoga group, anything. You might just even find only one woman that you really get on well with. Uh -huh. And what you also will see is that you will see, oh, all right, it's not only me. It's other moms having exactly the same problem. And I really would like to say something to all those Hopefully lots of women that are listening or dads to be listening, you know, the thing is um, having a baby is one thing, but, you know, having a little baby in your arms, it really is, for instance, a baby can feed up to 14 times in 24 hours. Follow your instincts. Just, you know, give your baby what it needs because when your baby gets what it needs, it will be more relaxed. And when your baby is relaxed, you'll be relaxed. Yes. And, and trust yourself, you know. Yeah. Uh, first weeks is really to get to know your baby and to understand mm, means I have a, a nappy that is uh, dirty. Yeah. Mm, means I want some food. And sometimes it's just I need to cry a little bit because 
I'm so overwhelmed with everything. I'm tired. I just need you to cuddle me, hold me, and go for a little walk with me, and then I'll be fine. But all babies will learn how to sleep. All babies will learn how to relax because babies are smart. They want to learn, yeah. and they actually do learn, and they learn very quickly, yeah? And, the, you know, this other thing that came up, this other thing about um, don't hug your baby too much. Um, it's got to learn to be independent. And I'm like, crap! <laughs> Hold your baby. You know, watch TV with your feet up or read a book with that baby in your arms. You know, it's you both need it. This is what that love and that bondage is. And I think the more that you hug your child and the more you show that love, the stronger they become. Well, the thing is, you know, uh, no animal moms in the world will leave their babies alone for a long time. Where do little babies sleep in the animal world? Always tucked uh, close to mom's belly, you know. So we as humans, we are not any different, you know. Uh, so it's good to... Uh, it's good to carry the baby around. It's good to do skin to skin, especially if you would have a baby that cries a lot. Place it skin to skin. That really helps. It will help the flow of oxytocin, the lovely connective hormone. You know, it will give reassurance. And, you know, okay, sometimes when it sleeps well, also tuck it in its own little bed. You know, find the right balance between things. And if you feel, wow, I just can't do it anymore, ask a nice friend to come along and, you know, to give you a little break. It's fine. One thing but, I used to do with my kids is um, in the bathroom, I'd put a mat down, lay it down naked so it could kick away like crazy. It didn't matter if it peed or anything else. I'll be in the bath. And then bring the baby into the bath when it cooled down a little bit and let it kind of swim and swish around. And oh, I found that it had fresh air on its bum, you know, it kicked around and squealed and uh, and then into the water, like swimming and swishing up and down. And then, you know, good old breastfeed and then they sleep beautifully. Yeah, and also I have to say, uh, all this sounds fantastic, and that is just exactly how I would say, uh, you know, this is great to do that, and you know, uh, learn a bit about baby massage. That is wonderful mm. too, because yeah. you know, you help babies to really relax, and you know, it's a nice time and a good connection between you and the baby, mm, and you connect in a very different way. There's many nice things you can do, and keep in mind, babies stay small only for a very, very short very period. Very short time. time. Yeah. yeah, in no time, bang, they are suddenly toddlers, they go to primary school, and, 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 you And know, give me the keys to the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it goes fast. <laughs> But also yeah, each awesome. baby is going to be different as well. You know, your your first baby, you thought you had it down pat and then the second baby's got a different temperament. And now, of course, you've got another toddler running around and then it's even more of a balance for you to discover this baby. And it's a good time to call on, you know, the other siblings to pay a lot of it, you know, a lot of parents and aunts to pay a lot of attention to that sibling and spoil them a little bit to give you time to bond with your new baby. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and I mean, really, in modern times, I have to say, depending where you live, you know, okay, say, like, when I lived in Australia, for instance, a postnatal service is not really up and running here, but, you know, some women would save a bit of money and would ask someone like me to every now and then come in to help, uh, you know, give them a, some information about breastfeeding or, you know, some kind of tips and tricks. It depends really, like, where you are and how how you are and what you can afford. But there is also free advice, you know, like La Leche League, for instance, will help you. And if you sometimes... You know, say like to prepare a bit for the postnatal. I would always say, if you have a freezer, cook your favorite foods. Yeah, yeah. Make double the portions. Stick it in your freezer. Yeah. Uh, if your friends want to give you presents, well, say look. If you do one uh, one round of shopping for me, if or if you can come and and you know hang up the washing or fold it for me, you know things like this. Yes. You don't yes. want another toy. What you want is people helping Support. you. And you know, in all tradition, your neighbors and your family in the postnatal time would come and bring a, a a warm meal once a day, so that in the first days after the birth, you didn't have to cook. You could just warm up the food and, and you know, and, and just attend uh, to, you know, being uh, a mom and having uh, having had a baby and all that. So, you know, I like these traditions. They are good. Mm. 
Well, in, in some countries, the whole aunties will come yeah. and massage yeah. you and all that. So, you know, we should have a look yeah. and, you know, start doing a few of those things again because they are great. Well, they talk about a village raising a child and, you know, you may not live in a village. It might be in a concrete jungle, but find your villagers, find your community around you that support one another. And, uh, you know, just get out there and, and don't be afraid to ask uh, you know, don't be afraid. Don't wait until you're exhausted and overwhelmed. Just say, look, somebody, can somebody take the baby for a few hours? Could somebody help me? I need help. Oh, I need to get some sleep. And, you know, that's part of that village. So if you don't live in a village, create one. Um, and Absolutely, Sarah. I can't, couldn't say it in, in any better words. And also, you know, um, depending on where you live, uh, if your partner can take, you know, a few days off, Hopefully spontaneously, because unfortunately we don't really know when the baby is going to be born. Right. And most, uh, uh, I mean, look, the due date, for instance, only two to four percent of all babies, even with ultrasound, only two to four percent of all babies are going to be born on the due date. Mm -hmm. So you know, they can be born uh, a couple of weeks earlier. They can be born a couple of weeks later. So. Uh, stand up and ask your uh, uh, employee, is it possible once the baby is born and, you know, uh, say if you would have given birth in the hospital and my, my, my partner comes home, can I have a couple of days off or a few weeks off? You know, it depends. I know stay in the States, people don't have a lot of uh, time off, uh, whereas in Germany, you know, we have maybe more annual leave than you have. So, you know, it's it really depends. But I would ask, because only if we ask, we might have a chance that someone says, yeah, sure. If you don't ask, you won't get an answer, will you? Well, you won't, you won't create the changes needed if you don't stand up for them. So yeah. if you're seeing if something needs to be changed, then you've got to be part of that change and, and speak out about that change. So and, would you um, let people know about how... You know, your happy birthing days, the inside element of birth and your birthing theory, happy birthing body and happy birthing mind. You know, your whole program, what you offer people and oh, that's midwives. Thank you. Okay, well, uh, so can I say I've just released an online program for parents-to-be and the first uh, course that is inside the program uh, is called Happy Birthing Days. Happy Birthing Days is with 60 videos uh, my childbirth education system, which is like a three-step system that I've developed through all those years. So in happy birthing theory, you, I will teach you in short videos everything around your hormones, how your brain works, what happens if your fight and flight reflex gets started, what stops birth, what makes birth really flow, and how can you really make your hormones work for you. So in the theory, I will tell you everything around the hormones, you and your partner, and usually already after the theory people get really excited and feel like yay now we want to birth in the middle section which i call happy birthing body i teach you in again in lots of small videos that you can watch in your own time in your own pace in the comfort of your own home and you can try everything i teach you massage breathing techniques, all kinds of things that help to release endorphins, release muscles. I show you how to move your pelvis, how to spiral your baby down. I tell you many things about water birth, anything in connection with the body. I teach you how to make noises, sounds, to sing, and anything that will help you from uh, the physical aspect of the birth. And then last not least, in Happy Birthing Mind, I help you to release unwanted, unnecessary fears. I show you how to anchor good feelings and deep relaxation so you can use it at any time in your pregnancy, through the birth and after. I share with you how to do gratitude and to create a happy mind and many, many more things. So really, it's a very complex program and you can find it on Elements of birth.com and uh, there's a couple of bonus programs like a bit of yoga and all this and as soon I'm going to create more packages to do that now if you feel like wow you really would like to get in touch with me you can do this through all social media or you can also send me an email I offer Skype sessions and if people say wow we really want to have this woman over to run a workshop you can invite me and, you know, I run workshops also 
for professional people. I've been speaking on a lot of conferences in the last two years and I run workshops for professionals already. And for next year, there will be a, a nice program coming out in the future, also an online program for birth professionals. Yeah, so elementsofbirth.com, that is my program. And, you know, when somebody tells you, you know, they're pregnant, you know, a great gift to give would be your program. Absolutely. Uh, you, know Absolutely. That, you know, instead of, you know, something mindless or booties or this or that, I think a great gift would be to give you their program, your program, so that they can actually get a heads up and a good start in preparing for the birth of their child. Absolutely right. Thanks, Sarah, that you're saying that. And to say so, um, uh, the program is the program. And once you uh, uh, purchased it, you can go back to the program as many times as you like. Inside the program, I also offer uh, a closed uh, community, which already, and it's an international community. It has moms from Italy, it has moms from Canada, from New Zealand, Australia, so from England. And uh, in the next six months, I can guarantee there will be lots more coming. I'm going to offer some web seminars and stuff. So I agree with that because I already have a friend that bought this program for a pregnant friend of hers because she thought, what can I give my friend to really have a good pregnancy and birth? And so she purchased uh, my program and they love it. People get excited and send me emails already. So that is a really good present to give. I mean, and you know, we want to take the fear out of it. We want to take the, the unknown out of it. Uh, we want to take away any of the, the misguided information out there. And we want people to get excited and get ready for it and, and you know, look forward to the experience. Yes, it can be painful, but it's like anything in pain when, when the results are there in your arms. And that beautiful cry of that baby when it first comes into the world, um, every you know, there's your reward, and it's uh, you know, the men can watch it, which is great because men can be there at the birth now, which is wonderful. But to experience it, I'm afraid this is a woman's pleasure. Um, it is. It was meant to be one. That's why nature put it. Uh, <clears throat> into the body of a woman and I agree it is the most amazing moment and I'm so glad that I uh, you know shared this moment with uh, moms and couples for so many times in my life the moment when the baby is born is just really the magic moment I have to say you could peep into a room and you could tell whether the baby is out or not because it has a certain atmosphere yeah and I say it really is the moment of true love and it's magic it's just amazing i love it <laughs> it's, it's like a beautiful divine entity has just come into the world and um, you know in, for me for my children um i held them in my arms and always welcomed them to the world and gave them the blessing um of being here that would carry them through their lives and i think those first words you say to your child that first hug that first kiss that is an imprint that is on them. So whether you've had a bad birth or not, or whether you're tired of this or that, hold that child with all the love in your heart and soul and welcome them to the world because that is that imprint, that very first imprint that's in there. And it's a very, very important one. Oh, that is absolutely true, yeah. And if you had a long, long trip maybe, you know, if you then welcome with so much love and really wide uh, open arms, you know, well... Then you feel like, yay, I've made it. I've arrived in the right place. And yes. this is really how that should feel. Definitely, yeah. There's no doubt about that. And that baby, you know, on your belly, up on your chest, as quickly as possible. And that connection that's there straight away. I mean, there's, you know, as a mother, you know, there is nothing else in your life that will ever match that no. bond with your child and you know my son is six foot two my oldest daughter's 33 my youngest is 27 and you know they're all grown-ups in their own right and yet still they're my babies and <laughs> they always will be well, they, will, they will always be your babies there's no doubt and you know it really is like this um as the mothers need midwives you know to also help and support the midwives also need mothers 
and parents to be to help and support them you know there are so many systems within but for me as i said you know i started uh, at such young age i started at the age of 20 i'm 52 now you know as i said to you for more than 30 years i really enjoy what i do in all kinds of aspects areas and yeah for my own life i'm so happy that you know i was uh, allowed to share this special moment with so many people in my life you know makes it really special and for me i think i'm a little bit addicted to oxytocin <laughs> <laughs> i sometimes used to cry with people at the birth and you know and hug them and told them really how wonderful they are and i think babies are just Yeah, so well, you know, special. It's, it's and you know, I look at old people and I think we all have been babies once yes. and, you know, we all looked into the world thinking, oh, what is life going to hold for us, you know? It's, That's the wonderment, isn't it? That's the beauty. It's like, what is life going to hold for you? Um, you know, and all the, the journey that you're going to take with your child, the things your child is going to teach you, the things you're going to teach your child. We are custodians of our children. We don't own them. They're not our property. We're here to love, guide, nurture, and be there for them. And in every way that we possibly can. And from the moment that they're in your arms, that moment that they're there, that bond can never be taken away. And, uh, you know, your kids may go do some things that you don't like along the way. They can definitely yeah. piss you off along the way. But it always goes back to that bond that you have with them. Oh, yeah. You know, and that is really what I feel. Um, as I said, coming back to what I said much earlier, having a good birthing experience, even maybe if it's a tough one or a hard one, you know, if you know what to do and how to do it, And this is something that I explain also in my program. Uh, how can you make up for it? That will make and can make a life change uh, for you as well as for your kids. So, you know, how we give birth, how we care for, and many things that follow afterwards are in connection. And we really should do our best, you know, and also research and have a good look because... As I said to you, you will only be able to give birth to this particular baby once yeah. and you yeah, should make no replay. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Seth, it's, a, it's, it's a wonderful experience. This is the performance of your child's life being born. You know, have some beautiful music, beautiful ambiance, you know, the warm water, whichever way you choose to, to birth. But make it a beautiful experience and you'll get through the pain. And then that birth comes and you've given that child that wonderful introduction to life with such love and such exuberance. It is a, a really wonderful experience. Um, I wish I had had the birth water experience myself. I so wish I had that. I ain't going back to do it now. <laughs> no, you won't, you won't. But you know, also the thing is... Even that you maybe had uh, a very traumatic birth experience, okay, you know, that uh, uh, will happen. It will sometimes happen. And, uh, you know, it will continue. But the thing is, sometimes something really what we call dot, dot, bad happens. But that also is like a learning curve. And it might put you in a direction that you might have never gone. Exactly. Who knows? Maybe we would have never had this conversation so many years later now. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I always think... Mm, whatever has happened is something to learn from yeah. and you know and to understand the quality because you know uh, I'm grateful for many things in my life even really things where I maybe almost lost my life or something but you know I think ah maybe that made me appreciate some other things even more and you know so next life Sarah <laughs> exactly exactly when it comes to the grandchildren water births <laughs> they'll be watching your tapes yeah. straight away and again folks I reiterate that you know um, when somebody tells you you know we're pregnant uh, it's an exciting and wonderful time and the greatest gift you can give them is this knowledge Of, of how to embrace their pregnancy, how to embrace and prepare for the birth, how they can make it a wonderful experience for all of them. Um, and, you know, the more you educate people and the more you take away the fear um, and the more rights that you give them and their knowledge and what they're allowed to do, 
the better it is for them. So the greatest gift you can give is to give a program like this um, that gives them all that insight. And I can't think of anything better that you can give them other than having the baby for them yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which I want, you know. I'd rather give good knowledge and empower women and their partners and whoever is at the birth to really, you know, learn something, understand something. It really is, you know, in modern ways you would say click, learn and relax because the Womb is your expert. Yeah. Once you understand how it works, you let her take over. She will do the job for you. And you just need to know how to really deeply relax, breathe, and make use out of the situation as much as you can. Sometimes it will be that you need to do something. And sometimes it's really just relax and let go. But I have to say, uh, I put this program together with you, the knowledge of 30 years influenced by all the things I've studied, hypnosis, yoga, body therapy, acupressure, so many things. And, you know, I put it all into my program. I've been teaching it to really now hundreds and hundreds of people already. And, you know, I know it really changes things for you and your birth. So it really does. <laughs> well, wonderful. I'm glad there's people around like you. And you're going to be back on the station with Bill Mackey on a roundtable where we, um, where believe it or not, he's a man that um, advocated uh, midwifery and uh, home births and the rights for women to actually choose the kind of birth they want and so that's going to be a very interesting roundtable conversation so I look forward to having you back soon Thank you very much Sarah that is great and I actually I'm all excited to get to know and be on the roundtable with a man like this because you know it needs all of us to change the picture of birthing and it's not related to uh, whether you're a man or a, wo or a woman and it will be helpful for a lot of people and you know to hear someone like him is going to be just mind-blowing I look forward to that it will be great absolutely that's, absolutely yeah, well great. thank you so much for being on the air with us today and so folks you know somebody is pregnant here's the answer the greatest gift you could give them is the whole birthing experience before they get there take away the fear give them the education the knowledge so they can have a wonderful experience having a baby is absolutely supremely wonderful taking away any of the anxiety or animosity towards it fantastic give them the gift and let them have a wonderful birthing experience until next time it all starts with you <laughs>